Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, man. How you doing? You about ready for this? You know I'm ready for this. Dude, I've been waiting for this forever. We finally got it back, too. <sighs> NASCAR talk. Yes, baby. A little bit of shaking, bacon, pigskin. How you doing? Yes, it is officially back. The uh, NASCAR season got a great kickoff with the Clash. And, of course, we are getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, sir. Are you excited? Of course I'm excited. My team actually made it. <laughs> are you excited or are you scared? Both. Because huh. I've watched this also barely beat the Patriots. We are not Patriots. Might as well be the Patriots because they're the Patriots South, the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, we barely beat the 49ers. So, uh, yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking. Well, I think you guys are ready for it. I think that, uh, and not only that, but the pressure's not on you. The pressure's on Cincinnati because no matter what, they can claim to be the home team all we want. But we all know you guys are the home team. Right. Well, that's also why the pressure's on us because it is in Los Angeles where we are. Then there's that. But we'll get to the keys to the game later on. But first, let's get into that NASCAR talk. Dude, it was a good race. Yes, sir. So NASCAR is officially back, and they came back with a bang as 23 drivers raced for the opportunity to win the clash at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Yes, I said that right. The Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. 
NASCAR took approximately three months to build a quarter-mile racetrack inside the Coliseum. And despite the small track, there was plenty of bumping and pushing, even three wide, which was really shocking to see because it was barely able to handle two wide in most of the race. Yeah. The race managed to take nearly uh, 55 laps before the first caution flew, but it was, there were some close calls along the way. Kyle Busch started on the pole and dominated the first portion of the race, which had a halfway stopping point. This gave teams a moment uh, to regroup, and of course, LA's own Ice Cube performed for the 60,000 in attendance and everyone watching across the nation and around the world. In the second portion of the race, Joey Logano came on strong and would overtake Kyle Busch and basically run away with the victory. Dude, it was awesome to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, This was totally different. And not only that, but we got to see, like, these new cars, dude. Yeah, we got to see the new Gen 7 cars. They look cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how good they're going to do throughout the season. We've already seen some problems with them. Yeah. So, uh... We'll see what happens with it. Yeah, they've already had some mechanical problems. A couple guys lost uh, steering capabilities because of the, uh, uh, what was it, the axle? The axle rod was different in a different location than it normally is for the uh, steering yeah. column. So it's a whole nother um, ball game for them, and they've lost a couple of drivers that got put, uh, put out because of it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But it was really nice to see... The Gen 7 cars because now Ford is driving out Mustangs, um, the Camaro for Chevy, and then, of course, uh, Toyota still is running with the Camrys. But uh, So it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens moving forward, though, with those. And uh, looking forward to the race, of course. Uh, the big one, their Super Bowl, will be commencing February 20th from the Daytona Beach at Daytona 500. Definitely going to be interesting, dude. I cannot wait to watch the Daytona because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm totally getting into it this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch for a couple races, and I'm gonna pick my favorite driver, and I'm just gonna go with it, bro. Right. So, um, uh, but despite not finishing that great, Carl Larson still looked pretty good. So, it's, the defending champion will be out to defend his title. Did you say Carl? Kyle. My bad. <laughs> I don't know why I said Carl. But yeah, man, uh, he did. He looked pretty good out there, and. Uh, Poor Bubba Wallace, though. Bubba Wallace was, like, in the back pretty much the whole time. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't get to move forward very often. All right, so here we go with some NFL news. Former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores brought a class action lawsuit against the league, the Denver Broncos, and New York Giants, and Miami Dolphins, as he claims racial discrimination against him and other minority coaches when he learned that the Giants had already made their coaching decision on on a coaching hire Prior to Flores' interview for the same position of head coach, he learned that from a te- uh, he learned that from text messages that he shared. So you can actually see the text messages from his former boss, Bill Belichick, who had heard that the Giants had hired a Brian as head coach, who just turned out to be Brian Dayball, the uh, offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills, rather than being Brian Flores. He also alleges that Broncos VP John Elway was unprepared for their interview, and he also claims that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered money to Flores to purposely lose games for better draft picks. Cooper, that's some hardcore yeah. allegations. Um, what, well, let's get into it. Let's dive in. Well, it's not really allegations if you have tech me- text message proof of this. Well, that part, yes. Um, the allegations though, against Stephen Ross are all, just right now hearsay. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, Until evidence is what, What's going on with this is, is pretty crazy. Um, 
Yeah, the league has a ordeal on the hands with this. And to, to tell you the truth, after thinking about it and not, I think it's wrong what they did to him, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever happens needs to happen for the greater good of of everyone because we as <clears throat> all of the people need mm-hmm. to get along and they, they deserve just as much opportunity as, as the next person. So... And not only that, but Brian Flores, he would have been a badass head coach. Yeah. So now his his career, he even said it, he knew that his career is pretty much done now. Right. I I wanted to say, first off, this is the only reason why I actually hate the Rooney Rule. I hate it because we have to have it in the NFL. We shouldn't have to have it, for one. Yeah. There should not be a prior. There should be no reference like, well, you have to have a minority. There should be no, we have to have at least one minority. Any minority coach should just be thought about, like Brian Flores, for example, should be thought about as a top candidate for a head coaching position if he's available on the market because he's no longer a head coach or if he was an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Well, the, the only way we're going to get over this crap mm-hmm. is if people stop putting labels on freaking everything dude and i swear they do yeah and, and i mean talking about being discriminated i know of all people what it's like to be discriminated just by what you know people see with me right so i mean i can only imagine if you know say i was i was of different color skin you know mm-hmm. it, whether it be black mexican whatever mm-hmm. you know who who knows but right. it's it's just it's Sad, and we're in 2022, dude. This needs to quit. Mm-hmm. We need to get past this, and and people need to realize too that that a lot of this is government driven, and that you know the more they can pit us against each other, history repeats itself, dude. Yep, absolutely. especially if you don't change your ways. So, absolutely. but regardless, we have this. We have the ruining rule. Yeah, I honestly think I'm not saying that this idea that I have for it is perfect beyond all means. I don't think there's a perfect solution out there. But my idea for the Rooney Rule is an adjustment in the fact that I believe, and you can do how many number of interviews requirements prior because I think it's now two. Why not give the minority coaches the first interviews? What is that? Okay, for one. They sh- you, before you even interview a white per- white coach, any minority coach has to go first. And however many you want to do it. You want to do one, two, three, whatever. Now, there's going to have to be some things that you're going to have to cover on that because I don't think it's fair if you do, say, multiple. So let's say you do three. Day of interview, you have two interviews. You have your last minority coach that you're going to interview. And then you're and later on that afternoon, you're going to have your first white coach. What if that minority coach cancels either because he is going to take a job elsewhere or he decides he doesn't want that job anymore and then decides he's going to return to his, you know, his team because that's still an yeah. option. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with him going back to where he's a coach at yeah. if they want him back and stuff. Um, I don't think that's going to be fair, though, to sit there and go, well, you can't you can't sit there and say you're going to have to cancel the interview with the white coach because he's they didn't make the requirements. I don't think that's fair. 
if the you know the minority candidate then pulled out the day of. Either way, man, this is all just a sticky situation, and uh, it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Well, not on only the that, NFL's part. they need to stop incentivizing and start di- disciplining. It needs to start being a discipline action reaction, not an incentivize. You shouldn't be get. Well, we're gonna give you. This, uh, we're going to give this team that. Well, see, the problem is you're not incentivizing the right team anyways. You're hot, you're telling the Rams, great example, they had Brad Holmes be brought over to Detroit to be their GM. They got incentivized, but the lines aren't getting incentivized. They're just getting the candidate. So they're, they're not really getting anything out of it except for the candidate. Well, the Rams are like, hey, we're going to build you up, make you look like you're great, and then you're, we're going to get two draft picks. It needs to start being a punishment. If you don't meet this requirement, then you need to be a fine at certain levels, or at least one level, and then start looking at, we're going to start taking away draft picks if you don't make this meet this requirement of at least interviewing X amount of minority coaches. I think it's just all a bunch of... <clears throat> To be honest, mm-hmm. they just need to take it and just... Uh, they need to hire who they need to hire, but they also need to quit discriminating against somebody because of their color. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really just a touchy subject considering the fact that, you know... Yeah, it's just it's, it's bad. Well, it's, and, and I still don't think it's fair, though, because... If you're not meeting this guy until a certain point after white coaches anyways, we just saw. And a great example, the Giants had already made up their mind of who they are hiring. Well, they're just checking that box off the Rooney Rules so they're not Yeah, in and not only you and I talked about this too, <laughs> if, they, if they would have, you know, interviewed him sooner, would we even be having this conversation? Exactly. That's why I think my idea was least helpful because then if they're first – or even second. Well, I'm just saying. Whatever, you if, know. If you do three minority coaches first, they're getting a, even more of a fair chance. Yeah. Because now they get, okay, because right now they think, because especially now that this came out, and you have proof of it, we have proof, there's text messages. Yeah. You're now, you're going to have minority coaches across the league and colleges, too, who are going to be interviewing for head coaching jobs in the NFL. We're going to sit there and go, are they? Do they want me, or do they want me because they got to check a box, right? So do they really want me? Now, if you knew you were going first, well, that's and not saying by the rule, but I'm just saying if you already heard that you would be their first interview, you feel a little bit better about it. Oh, okay, they are. Yes, they are checking the box because I'm a minority. Yeah. But now I at least know I do have a legitimate shot to prove myself to them. Yeah. Because I think that's that's where it's really hard for even, say, somebody like me who's disabled. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you try and go get a job or something, and uh, they can't discriminate. They right. have to interview you. Right. But for real, half the time, I already know. Right. They're not going to hire me. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a really touchy subject, especially when you got, well, you got people will go, well, it's because I'm disabled, or it's because I'm black, or it's because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's a touchy subject, no matter which way you look at it. Um, so, right. it's just it's something we have to instill into our children, mm-hmm. 
and their children and their children that this needs to stop. That this no that longer is no better race than any yeah, other. There's no this no longer needs to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know we see minorities and and white people. We see them having relationships now, kids, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with it. And if you think so, then you need to really, really, you know, you need Jesus, to be yeah, honest. absolutely. So so it's just absolutely ridiculous and asinine. So the NFL's got work to do. I just think at least my idea at least gets them a better opportunity, in my opinion, because at least then – they know that they have a legit shot. They're not just going to have a be part. They're not just the token interview so someone follows a rule. But I think that Bill Belichick kind of uh, stirred the pot there a little bit. Well, it's from and, the text messages, though, it seems like he legitimately did, just only saw Brian and didn't realize it wasn't Flores. Gotcha. The way it reads. It's like, oh, because then he said he went back later and double-checked into it and found out it was Brian Dable, mm. not Brian Flores. I mean, it, Either way, it, it, it's it just, just wrong. It just sucks. Let's go ahead and get into the um, allegations, though, on Stephen Ross, though. If that true per, turns out to be true, which, of course, out, he's vehemently denied, he's got to sell the Dolphins. If that turns out to be true, you got to take a look at the league mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. How many guys are doing this? Right. There has to be an internal investigation on not only the Dolphins. But the league office but itself. But the league office itself. Yeah. Because this does not need to be happening. Because you know why they're doing things like this? For betting purposes. Yeah. It's not right. All right, absolutely. So, he definitely needs... And we've all... We've always... You know, I've always hated... Teams. I mean, you hear about the Black Sox. Yep. Throwing games. Right. It, it's just, you can't do that. Yeah. It's just wrong. And, like, you know, everybody makes jokes, but it sure does seem like, though, when Tom Brady was a Patriot, the Patriots got a lot of, a lot of way with a lot of shit uh-huh. in games. Yeah. Where refs seemed like they were favoring the Patriots a lot, including Super Bowls. Yeah. And you're just like, mm, that doesn't look right. And do you think maybe the reason why Tom Brady was so pissed off this year even? You see the way he talks to people. Yeah. You think he's pissed off because he's no longer getting the favor that he once was? Probably. Just saying. So. I'd retire and cry like it too if I had, if I was used to that. That's not the treatment. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and move on from that. Let's get into some a little bit more feel goods. Let's do it. Or at least comedy, because it's gonna be this one's gonna be comedy. Yeah. So the Washington football team has made <laughs> an official name change after two long, miserable years of the Washington football team. Here come your Washington Commanders. Commanders. You had two years two to come up years with the Commanders. You went with a military name because you're in the cap. Well, you're not really in the capital because you're supposed to be the capital team, nation cap, nation's capital team. And you came up with the commanders, and you didn't have a think tank session, a brainstorming session to go. Let's talk about the commanders. 
What is one thing that sports media always does when it comes to team names? They try to shorten it because they try to save on space. Yeah. Granted, now it's mostly electric, electronical, so you don't have to worry about too much about space anymore. Back in the day, papers, you had to try to get it as low and small as you could because, you know, paper gets real thick real quick. But still, out of habit, sports media would still shrink it down. And now, also, if you're doing it on a lot of your stuff on social media, you still got to shorten it down, especially like Twitter, for example. You only have 140 characters. So if you're going to be able to shorten it, you're going to try to find a way to. No one thought about having a brainstorming session to see what possibly that name could be shortened down to. Oh. And it's already made the rounds in yeah. all the sports medias uh-huh. that they will possibly be referred to as the Washington Commies. Which is what we've been calling communists since the 1950s. For short, of communists. Right. The commies. Cooper, <laughs> I, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, uh, with the way the political thing is going right now, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of fits the bill, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um... <laughs> I don't think there was enough brainstorming with this, brother. And they didn't really do much to really make me even go, wow, that looks cool. Like, when the Rams came out with their new jerseys, I was like, dude, that's like total old school, but it's got new school flair to it. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Right. You know, they didn't really do anything. I mean, they... They, they introduced a new they, black jersey. That and they they kept their their years on the logo. Yeah, but I they, mean, well, they have the found the founding year and then the Super Bowl years. But yeah, I mean that that's good homage or whatever. But it's like, why couldn't you guys figure something else out for at least a name? Like, I thought they would have been like the Wolves or, or Red Wolves. Which Red Wolves, another or, option. Just, they were so hell-bent on moving away from the Native American insignia of the Redskins that they botched this completely. The Washington Commander sounds like a team you would find in the USFL that's about to start in April. Sounds like kind of like a or hockey an arena, team. Or a hockey team. Or an arena football team. Yeah. It's just... Or if the XFL came back, or was supposed to, but I'm just saying. Yeah. The Washington Commanders. They were the Washington, I think, Guardians when they came out. But still, it's just it's just like, though, come on, man. You couldn't have came up with anything else. Yeah. Anything else. I get it. You're trying to incorporate the military because you're in the nation's capital. So you're not really. But how so. do you go from a Native American homage to totally, let's get away from this, and you go, total USA Commanders type thing. Right. That's like saying that, you know, I understood why some of them wanted the name change. I get it, okay? But at the same time, you're kind of spitting in their face by turning around and saying, we're the commanders now. Yeah. Warriors. Something, right? Red Wolves. Wolves, as we all know, is very steep in Native American lore. Yeah. Anything like that. So... Even well, could have gone with like 
the hawks. They have birds in their yeah. lore. Something, anything. Something. I, I Washington Hawks would have been fine. I know you would have had the issue with the Atlanta Hawks, but whatever. I'm just saying. The Seahawks. That's not really a hawk, but it's not a real creature. But I'm just saying, though. It's just like, come on, dude. This is crazy. It was man. a head scratcher. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm tired. I was tired of the. I was immediately sick and tired of the Washington football team. And game. what really irritated me is some people wanted to keep it. I, I was like, like, "Are why? you retarded?" It doesn't like, even flow right. Washington football team. You can't say the football team. Okay, which football team are we talking about? Oh wait, I got to specify the Washington football team. We just made it longer, and I would have just said the Washington team football. That way we can have WTF. What the? F- <laughs> All right, that's that's where I always got confused when we did the abbreviations. Right. I was like, wait a minute, that's not what the. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just it's completely a headache, and we're moving on now to uh, coaching carousels because the coaching hire is pretty much over. So we'll get into that now. All right, so here we go with the coaching carousel. It is officially, unofficially, come to an end with the latest hirings. We are covered the hirings of the Broncos, Bears, Raiders, and Giants. So first up on this latest round, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have hired Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson as their next head coach. Koopa. I know Jacksonville's very excited about this, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think I am too, man. Uh, finally got a Super Bowl winning coach in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. This is going to change some things as long as they can get it together. Right. So... Jacksonville fans at first were very upset because we didn't fire Trent Baalke as general manager because he does not get along well with others, as evident as the fact that some people thought we'd go after Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's head coach, but that was not going to happen because Baalke was the one who had Harbaugh fired out of San Francisco. But bringing in a Super Bowl-winning head coach who didn't get along with front office personnel, by the way, in Philadelphia, though, but offensive-minded will help, I think, Trevor Lawrence in the long run. Definitely, man, definitely. So that's only good news, I think, for Jacksonville Jaguars fans. Now if they can just get it together, get their offseason squared away, it, it could be a possible quick turnaround. I'm not, like, saying Super Bowl contention next year, but we'll start seeing some better progress from the team, I believe, starting next year. We could possibly be looking at, depending on how the offseason goes, Five five wins, maybe up to seven. Yeah, it'd be nice. So that's that's a better better jump. You know what really sucks about it too is Jacksonville. Their their fan base is very loyal, dude. Mm-hmm. I remember when you and I went in there to watch the the Rams play against Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and we we before we even went to the game, they're like, you know, we went. To, I think we went to a coffee shop or something like that, and uh, they, they were like. Be walking in here wearing that. <laughs> right, well, all dressed up in Rams gear. So, except Terry, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so this is going to be a, a good hire, I think, in the long run, uh, especially for Trevor Lawrence's development, because we already know what he did with Carson Wentz's uh, quarterback, and of course, uh, Nick Foles leading him to the Super Bowl after Wentz went down with that injury that year. So. I definitely think it's it's good for Jacksonville. It's good for Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I'm hoping and praying that Trevor Lawrence has a better year this next year and uh, can maybe, maybe uh, be the the turnaround player for the year or something. Yeah. And then a good news also, Jaguars fans, uh, the um, cons plan on hiring uh, more people to help out Trent Balky. So hopefully maybe we can get a buffer between him and head coach Doug Peterson. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was crazy. All right, next up, staying here in the state of Florida, Miami Dolphins have hired San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel as their next head coach. Cooper? Nice, man. They need a new coach. They got one, right? Yeah, well, a lot of people, including myself, thought it was crazy that they even fired Brian Flores. Of course, now if yeah. Flores, is what he said is true, I'm not surprised because um, he wasn't willing to lose like that. Uh, but bringing in an offensive-minded guy, he's already plans on doing what he can to help out with Tua. So at least it's an offensive guy who can help Tua. Um, I just I hate to see what's going to happen with that defense because that defense was stout. But who does Mike Mike McDaniel know on defense that's going to help keep that defense that up at that level that Brian Forrest had? It. I have no clue, bro. We'll see what happens with it. Absolutely, man. So it's going to be crazy. Um, but so I, I just have I'm just kind of skeptical about it a little bit. If he helps Tua, great. But I just. It's going to be hard to see what happens because I just don't – who's going to have really keep that defense up on the level and if that offense doesn't improve or to improve, you're still going to be looking at possibly being last in the division because yeah. the Bills aren't going anywhere. The Patriots are still kind of there. They're on the rise. Well, I mean, they won't be last, I guess, because the Jets still are in the division. I forgot. <laughs> but <laughs> finishing third is not always that great. No. So, and – Buffalo, I I know Buffalo lost Dable as offensive coordinator, but I'm pretty sure they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But Miami, that's – I guess I'm just not over the fact they fired Flores, but it is what it is at this point. All right, next up uh, on Monday, the Houston Texans had decided to stay in-house by hiring defensive coordinator Lovey Smith as their next head coach. Koopa. That's pretty cool, dude. Yes, sir. And I mean, in light of everything going on, too, that's pretty cool. Right, absolutely. So, um, Lovey Smith was ceremoniously dumped by the Bears and have not looked the same since. They did make the playoffs twice. In that absence, but Lovey Smith is the most recent coach that took him to a Super Bowl, and he did it with Rex Grossman, who everybody knows was a good college quarterback, but very lackluster as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, because you know, we know down here in the state of Florida, Rexman is one of the good ones in Laura, Florida oh, football. Yeah. However, he wasn't NFL ready at all. Um, but so what he managed to do with the lackluster of quarterback pretty great um a lot of people will be like well what about his track record as a head coach at illinois in college he's not a college coach he that's not what he does he and he handles men he's not a builder of young men into becoming men he takes men who are ready to be more men basically is what it is and uh he's a leader of men in that aspect so i'm not surprised that I think it's a little 
bad that it took this long for him to get another coaching head coaching job. But I'm glad because he was the one I wanted the Rams to hire instead of Mike Martz, and we I think we would have won the Super Bowl because Martz was not a head coach. But he went to Chicago and ended up almost winning a Super Bowl. But he ran into the buzzsaw that was Peyton Manning in the Colts that year. So and right. didn't have a quarterback to match up against that uh, defense in of Indianapolis because Indianapolis's defense was pretty stout that year too. All right. So next up. Uh, yesterday, the New Orleans Saints had also decided to stay in-house by hiring their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, as their next head coach. Cooper, your thoughts? Um, This is good for them, dude, staying in-house because, I mean, you know, they can still kind of keep camaraderie between the players and coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, he already knows the playbook pretty well. So this will help out, I think. And... Uh, we might still see them contending if they can come up with a quarterback. Right, absolutely. That's the key right there is quarterback. They were a quarterback away, a competent quarterback away from being in the playoffs. Hell, they were 9-3 and three between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. The problem is, is the games they had to play with Ian Book and Trevor Simeon. Yeah. That was the problem. Um, so it ended up being um, terrible in that aspect. Because, you know, they were 0-5 when it wasn't a quarterback ram, uh, of Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm a little shocked, though, that they didn't hire anybody else. I thought maybe they would have tried to stay an offensive-minded guy. But at the same time, keeping it in-house and going with Dennis Allen, giving him another shot is not terrible either, honestly. It's but. not completely out of the realm of possibilities for this team to still be able to contend. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's easier for them to stay in-house because Sean Payton is hard man to follow up on. Oh, yeah. Hard man to, to just, oh, man, dude. He's been with them forever. So to stay in-house, it, it's kind of like keeping that homage to him and maybe it will be kind of ran similar to the way he ran things. Absolutely. I do want to go Back on one quick thought on uh, Houston Texans head coaching hire. There was reports that one of the finalists for the job was Brian Flores, who I'm surprised they didn't end up hiring because you're still kind of iffy about whether or not you want to trade your quarterback, and your quarterback really wanted to play for Brian Flores. That's why he was okay with being possibly traded to Miami. Just would have thought maybe you would have hired Brian Flores for that aspect to maybe your quarterback might be willing to stay. I was just thinking. Right. But, you know, that's just me on that thought. <laughs> if you're wanting not to well, trade. Well, we should know what's going on with that, the whole debacle here soon, right? Well, I mean, at least he wouldn't be holding out. <laughs> you know, I bet. We don't know what's going to happen. They still got to get that court situation taken care of. I don't think any team is going to want to make that trade until they know for sure if he's going to be playing Yeah. On the <laughs> next year, for sure. All right, and the final hiring that's not going to happen yet until Monday after the Super Bowl, the Minnesota Vikings are expected to hire Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach. So they're going from offense, I mean, uh, from a defensive-minded coach to an offensive-minded coach in O'Connell. This might be good for Kirk Cousins because he needs this. Yeah. Um, but this sucks for the Rams because Matthew Stafford 
Just got there? Just got there. Yeah. So It's a little odd to me that McVeigh is finishing up, I believe this is now his fifth total year as head coach of a football team. And he's got um, Brandon Staley in, in, still in Los Angeles, but with the Chargers. Uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. And then he's got um, um, Zach Taylor. Thank you. Took me a minute. And my brain just went, Bleh. who they're facing in the Super Bowl as yeah. head coach of the Bengals. And now he'll have Kevin O'Connell. He's got four off his coaching tree, and he's only been in the league as a head coach five years. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, and it's crazy that he can't keep these guys with him. Well, he's not going to try to keep them with them if they get an opportunity to be head coach. Well, no duh, but seriously. Yeah. It's just unbelievable to think, though. It's just like four guys already in right. five he's years. Starting to, he's starting to be like uh, Bill Belichick. Well, I mean, at least already Staley improved the Chargers. They just didn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know, Taylor just got to the Super Bowl against him. So... Matt LaFleur's gotten to three straight NFC title games. They just haven't won any of them. Yeah. Of course, he may or may not have Aaron Rodgers next year, so we're about to really see how well he can coach. Yeah. And then um, and now he's going to have – and now Kevin O'Connell will have an opportunity. What's good for him, though, is the Vikings offense really doesn't need a whole lot. You just need to maximize Kirk Cousins' abilities. If you can maximize Kirk Cousins' abilities – that offense will be clicking because you got Dalvin Cook, who's a pretty good running back. You got Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver. He's a top wide receiver. And, you know, you just basically need your freaking quarterback to get be there. Be competent. Yeah. Sometimes he gets a little off. Yeah. Plus, you also, you also have Adam Thielen, too, who's, a, who's also in the mold of Cooper Cup, a wide receiver who just seems to freaking get open somehow, and you don't know how. Right, and you're just like, how is he open? Because <laughs> he just he just runs his route. Yeah, the Vikings are are just about one of them teams that mm-hmm. that like you said is just like we said with the Saints. Yeah, you know, it's just one puzzle piece away from mm-hmm. being at least constantly in the playoffs, yeah. possibly pushing for a championship run. You yeah. know, because if things break your way. I hate to say it, but Cincinnati, things did break your way this year. Yeah. Because you got the up and down roller coaster that was the Raiders in your first game. You shocked the hell out of the Titans somehow. Yeah. And then you just managed to take Kansas City's biggest punch and then turn around and land haymakers all the way in the second half. And then here you are. Sometimes it does take a little bit of luck to get into a Super Bowl run, and they managed to be that lucky. Yeah. I mean, the Rams did technically get lucky, too. They We're did not saying we didn't. Technically, yeah, because <clears throat> playoff to to, games were kind of hard, dude. And if we had to go to Green Bay, Green Bay might be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> that it was going to be easy to beat Green Bay in Green Bay in that cold weather. Right. In Lambeau. We got lucky that we got to host the, home, the NFC Championship game at home. In Los Angeles, inside a some quote unquote dome, it's roof lifted, natural air crossing. Yeah. 
but still, it's not cold in Los Angeles. Yeah. Or at least not that cold. Yeah. So, I mean, so it does take a little bit of luck, and that, so that's where we're at with those teams. And now Vikings, like, you know, can become the, – the Vikings, if Rodgers leaves that division, should definitely easily move up into the division leader by default because they're the closest team of being able to take down Green Bay as it is now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Of course, Matt Everflus could get his defense right in Chicago, and Chicago might have something to say about it. But, you know, as of the way I think about it right now, I would trust Minnesota if Ryan Rodgers leaves Green Bay. We'll see what happens, though. All right. So, sir, we have made it now to our keys to victory for each team playing in this Sunday Super Bowl. Are you ready? Let's go. I know you don't care about Cincinnati, but we got to do it. <laughs> All right, so let's just break these down one by one. We have three keys for each team. First up, Cincinnati, number one goal. You're going to have to keep Burrow upright. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you get him rattled, man, and he... You can't have uh, nine sacks against this Rams defense. Yeah, but I don't know. The kid is kind of crazy, dude. They Yes, but we're talking about a Rams team with Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald that if they get to him, yeah. they're not just tackling him. They're going for the ball. They're going to eat you. <laughs> they're going to eat him and go for the ball. So I think about it this way. If we can get to him nine times, we're strip sacking him in at least three yeah. times. If he's lucky, he's holding on to that ball six times If we if we get him down. So that's three opportunities for a ball in another possession. Don't you better protect him like crazy on Sunday. Just saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. You might have to triple team Aaron Donald mm-hmm. and just hope to God you got enough time to get that ball out of his hands before Miller comes around inch. Or Leonard Floyd. Cause Leonard Floyd will try to kill him, I think, because I think Floyd's still pissed <laughs> that he's not in Chicago anymore. And I think some people thought we shouldn't have given him that contract this offseason. I was a little bit of that. A little bit. Because I was really wanted John Johnson to stay, not lose him. So, kind of wanted the safety over the edge rusher. That was me. So, yeah. I'll admit to that. So, I think this opportunity to be in the Super Bowl, and he might want to pr- try to prove that his contract was worth it. And he might be headhunting. Probably. And looking to kill number nine. For them. (laughs) So I'm just saying. All right, number two. This will help keep Burrow upright. Establish the ground game with Joe Mixon. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Joe Mixon's a a star running back. And if they can – he's just one of them guys that he can barrel into somebody. He finds space wherever there's space. Mm -hmm. If they can get that ground game going – they're good to go. Absolutely. They're going to, if they are able to. But the only thing about that is, if they're going to get the ground game going, mm-hmm. there's going to be a whole lot of holding on that offensive line. Because you know what? You can't tell me that Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller can't get to him or Burrow. All right. And get him on the ground and get him, you know, I can get it. You can get a couple yards. At times. Yeah. 
but to gash us for five, seven, eight, ten, yeah. twelve. No, you ain't gashing us. Yeah. I don't care how good of a scheme you do. That's holding. Yeah. You better call that shit. I didn't make this one of the keys of the game that they need to pay off the referees. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that one of the keys of the game. All right. And finally, for the Cincinnati Bengals, number three, you need to make Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, and the Rams running attack beat you rather than allowing Cooper Cup to do his thing. Oh, if Cooper Cup does his thing, it's done, man. Oh, it's over. Because it's crazy what that kid can do, dude. Yeah. So I said, you got to make Odell do roll black roll back the clock again to Odell back in the day. Yeah. You got to make sure Van Jefferson can only you know, Van Jefferson is fast and he seems to only beat he's, anybody he's on the boat. He's badass, dude. But you're going to have to make one of them, you're going to have to make both of them beat you. You can't let Cooper. If Cooper's sitting there getting his forget about it. Yeah. It, it's over. You shoot. We I can go on all day about Cooper Cup. And we know that this would be a a five hour show if we, right? if I just had to talk about Cooper Cup all day because he what's cool about it is you and I have both said before he even became the superstar he is at this point. Mm-hmm. We both said this kid's got something. Yeah. He's just there's just something about him. He's he's gritty. He. He even freaking blocks, dude. This kid will put somebody on their ass. He's, and I hate to say this because I really like this guy. I think he's actually at this point a better version of Heinz Ward. Dude, yeah. And we know Heinz would get dirty and block somebody. Oh, yes. And Cooper has no problem of blocking somebody. He don't care. Yeah, you could be a badass free safety. You could be a middle linebacker, or you can be one of the best defensive linemen in the league. He don't care. And he, he will try to pop you. Not only that, but when he catches a ball, if he can get away, the yards after you know. Oh, I know. Contact. Yards. Yeah, he is nuts. It's absolutely insane what he is able to do. Oh, if it's just, just Cooper. Oh my God! If it's just Cooper Cup, just forget about it. Just forget it. It's over. I love the meme. The meme was SpongeBob. That was amazing. Yeah, that was great. I love that one. All right, so let's move over to the Ram side. Number one, attack Burrow. Keep him uncomfortable. Yes, if you can rattle one, mm-hmm. they'll be good to go. Absolutely. What's great too is I believe in our pass rush that we don't need to send more than four at a time. That's how much I believe in this pass rush. That way we can cut off Jamar Chase, we can also cut off T. Higgins, and we can also cut off Taj Boyd in those easy passes that he needs to sometimes just keep the drive alive. Yeah. And that's how much I believe. So that way we can keep some people back, we can keep them in front of us, we can we can limit the big play. Which is what we have to do. Yes, yes. You got to keep Jamar Chase out of this game. Mm-hmm. All right, number two. Control time of possession by establishing Cam Akers and Sony Michelle. And this is also going to tie into number three as well. That's why, but this is why it's number two. We got to get the ground game going because 
I know we are, we can pass the ball. We all know we can pass the ball. Yeah. They're going to want you to try to pass the ball because they're going to try to make sure they take away that game and mm. try to make you one-dimensional and make you run. So, therefore, go ahead and start trying to get the run established early and often and get control of the game. Especially the less time Burrow is on the field, the better it is overall anyways. Yeah, definitely. Not only that, then it sets up your play action. Mm-hmm. And then when they're not thinking about it, play action over the top, baby. Yep. And you got three receivers who can take it over the top. Yep. You got Cooper, you got Van Jefferson, and of course Odell has no problem going over the top. Exactly. Which surprises the hell a lot of out of people because they're like, I thought he lost a step. Not no. Really, no. No. He didn't lose a step. He got a better situation is what he got. <laughs> Last one, and this is what I tied number two with, because Matthew Stafford needs to avoid the quote-unquote big one turnover. Yes. Because the first one, the first turn, well, we only ended up with one turnover. There should have been two in that game against San Francisco. The first one was early in the game. And he was trying to make something out of nothing, and he threw a bad pass. We got tipped up, and it got picked. Sometimes a tip can go your way, and it'll just fall to the ground, and it's over. No big deal. Yeah. But it was early enough in the game, so it's not that bad at the time. Of course, if it would have been a pick six, it would have been devastating, obviously. But then the second one happened, or should have happened. And he got lucky. Yeah, he definitely did. It because hit, he threw a punt, basically. Where, dude. He threw a punt and Tart, I don't know how he didn't catch it. I think he he obviously pissed at himself that he didn't catch it because he I think he shocked himself that he never caught it. He's just sitting there like and he hit the ground and he's just like, I didn't catch that? How the hell did I not catch that? I should have weighed fair catch and caught it. It was a punt. He threw it to. I'm like, dude, wait a minute. You have why, why do we have two guys for one? One running in the seam, and the other one just slightly outside. Both running goes. This is why some guys are cornerbacks, and, and some, some guys, guys are, are receivers. Yeah, and Tart is the reason why he's. That's the reason why he's a corner or defensive back. <laughs> dude, you sh- you gotta catch that. Yeah, but Stafford. We can't have that. No. We can't. No, you got to have one of the best games of your life. Mm-hmm. Basically, you got to learn to control that. I need you to go back a game before this last game against Tampa. It's not his fault that the team fell apart and fumbled. Yeah. Cooper fumbled, Akers fumbled twice, and then the bad snap wasn't his fault because he had no idea the ball was coming until it was here. And he's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. that None of that shit was his fault. He didn't have a turnover that game. He almost had a turnover, which was still a lie. He actually didn't fumble. He was down anyways. But yeah. The point of the matter is, he didn't have a turnover. We need that Matthew Stafford. <laughs> right. If we can get that Matthew Stafford to show back up in the Super Bowl, oh boy, we're going to be hard to beat if we get that Matthew Stafford. I just want the Rams to win so that Big Man does not have a heart attack on Sunday. I might still have a heart so attack. If there's any way, if, if you Rams are listening, 
or somebody in Los Angeles is listening, please please get this to to Matthew Stafford. We need a win for Big Man. Because Big Man going to have a heart attack if they don't win. I might have a heart attack anyways because we, we won those last two games by a combined six points. We should have won by more on each game. Is that? Maybe that's why you're starting to lose your hair. Probably. <laughs> all right. The, Ra- right the Rams have got them all messed up this year, guys. Oh, man, if you guys could be here live to see the way he acts, it is it is quite comical. I know. That's why I don't go live during football games. I would lose my shit all the time. And yeah. I'd be banned. Why'd you get banned? Because I cussed at my team because they're fucking retarded. <laughs> then there's that. All right, so, man, that was another good episode. Fun times and football talk. Can't believe the football season is over after It's Sunday. over, dude. It's kind of sad. Is there a football game or is there a concert on Sunday? Yeah, it depends on who you ask. There's, <laughs> there's, a, football game at the, there's a football game happening during the big Snoop Dogg Dre Eminem concert. <laughs> like, y'all just shut up. <laughs> shut up. Not that you won't be. Of course, I'll be enjoying it. You'll be enjoying it. That's a great combination. You've got Dre, you got Snoop, M, and Mary J. Blige, and you know, you know, Ice Cube's gonna be there. Yep. There ain't no way they ain't gonna have Cube. Right. You can forget about that shit. That's I can get call that and Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah, yeah I forgot about Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's not bad, not bad either. So did I hear that Nicki Minaj might be there too? That wouldn't surprise me. If she's one of the surprise guests. But you can't tell me you're going to have a Super Bowl in Los Angeles without Ice Cube. Right? you got to have one appearance by Cube. That doesn't make any sense if you don't. Well, the Clash got him, so we better get him for the Super Bowl, too. Right. What a great three weeks for, for Los Angeles. You know, they had the NFC Championship game. The Clash the following week in yeah. the Memorial Coliseum, and then the Super Bowl, and your team is in it. Right. What a great three weeks of sports for. I just wish the Lakers were competent. We won't get into that. Not right now. That'll take all night. So we got to get <laughs> out of here, guys. We love you. All right. So that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. We'll be back again. Um, soon with AEW talks. Of course, we got WWE talk coming at you. We got basketball talk. The trade deadline is tomorrow. So be sure, or if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's later today, <laughs> depending on when you're actually listening to this podcast. So the trade deadline from the NBA, we'll cover that on uh, basketball talk. Baseball talk, I don't think we're going to have anything because um, I don't really want to get into anything about the latest news on Trevor Bauer until the league and finishes their investigation. So Yeah, I don't blame I, you. I don't want to talk about it yet until we know for sure what the league plans on doing about that. It was good news for Bauer. We'll say that. It was good news for him. But until we get the league's investigation on it and know what's going to happen with that, then we won't um, comment any further on it. But So we'll have that. And then, of course, uh, we'll recap the Super Bowl next um, football talk, and then we'll pepper you with more stuff stuff excuse me as we get ready for the daytona 500 
Um, football talk will be sporadical a little bit after this because we're going to have some offseason stuff we're going to cover, of course. Uh, we'll talk about the official signing of Kevin O'Connell to the Vikings next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but um, we'll talk about the Combine, of course, free agency. And we'll give you some USFL stuff, too, because the USFL starts in April. Yeah, we might, we might even throw, you know, something different at you. Maybe go back to some... Some worldwide sports talk or something, just just to fill the gap until then, because we got to do something. We got to give you guys some content. All right, and uh, Na- we love NASCAR, but we're getting a race a week and not a lot of news in between races, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard. Right, it's a little bit harder when it's not you know games. It's one race a weekend. It's not games for a weekend. So yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, if anything newsworthy in college football happens, we'll also talk about that as well to help fill the gap. Though not much is going to happen in the college football area for a while unless Auburn fires their head coach. Just saying, <laughs> that's still in the realm of possibility. So we might be able to talk about that. <laughs> All right. So enough rambling from me. That will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.